As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, Jess. Hi, how's it going? It's going pretty good, you know. What about well, you? I have an update. I got my puppy. She's actually Yay! on. <laughs> she's on my lap. I'm going to post a picture of her. She's so cute. She's super cute. Her name is Poppy, like Poppy Seed. However, I might have to change it because everyone thinks it's a boy because they think I'm meaning like Poppy. <laughs> Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, I don't think you're going to have that issue. No, I do. Because everyone's like, oh, because they're like, what's the name? And then they're like, oh, my God, how old is he? And, oh, Poppy. They're like, Poppy Chulo. Um, and you're like, right, you're like Poppy right. Seed. <laughs> That's so funny. Poppy Seed. P-O-P-P-Y. She's going crazy. No biting, girl. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Y'all need to hear <laughs> Jess's voice when she's talking to this oh puppy. Oh, my God. I thought that was normal. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Yeah. It's like my sisters, we um, had a couple of pets growing up and we had, we have these voices, which I thought was a normal thing. But when he's like, what the hell is that? Cause I was like, <laughs> she's like, oh I was my like, God, Hi. <laughs> no, that's and, not it. That's not it. It's oh, like, well, you should, yeah, you should do it. My name, <laughs> yep. my name is Poppy. Yep. What's going on? <laughs> but she like goes on and on because she sent me a video message and she was talking like that for a good five minutes. And I was like, Jess. <laughs> I know I forget because, yeah, we had like a cat named Spinelli. We had a cat named Kramer. I had a cat named Foofy Foofy. And so anytime like my sisters do those voices, like they also do them with their kids and stuff. It's very clear like, oh, OK, it's like a kid's voice. But then I have to snap out of it and realize like, oh, wait, this might look weird to other people. So, so send so us a DM if you also do like voices to your pets. Oh my God. Right, Poppy? Don't you love mommy? <laughs> well, moving along, happy for mommy. you. And your, oh my God. <laughs> and we're going to redirect this conversation yes. okay. to today's episode. So I'm really excited to cover this topic. We're going to have our dietitian friend, Alice Figueroa, come on and talk about supplement claims that we've come across that people are promoting to either prevent or treat the coronavirus. Also, like, like home remedies that we've come across. I think this is really a great topic because there's been so much misinformation going around. And so we wanted to just break it all down, bring you all the research. And yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Yeah, it's actually really timely because we, in the past week, we have gotten hit up by two or three supplement companies who are trying to almost capitalize off this in a way by, mm -hmm. you know, talking about, oh, let's do a, you know, a panel on immunity. And we're like, 
no thanks. I don't think that's smart because A, we'll talk about in an episode, like there really isn't enough evidence to suggest anything. And B, I love my supplements and I actually take supplements every day, but we talk about how this is, people are really vulnerable right now. And if there's something that's not proven or you're taking it in a context that hasn't been studied, then that may not be, yeah, the best approach or even an ethical approach. So we're so happy. Alice is basically like a walking encyclopedia when it comes to this stuff. She's clearly done a lot of research on, you know, supplements. And I mean, we talk about so many things and what actually has been shown to be helpful and how the concept of immunity is actually like different from what we may even imagine. Like she talks about how we actually don't need to boost our immune system. And she gives her argument for why that is. So I think you guys are really going to love this episode. And with that, let's just jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Alice. Hi, Jess. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me today. Hi, we're super excited and thank you for reaching out. You wrote that excellent article on Univision and I was like, okay, Alice is going to be the perfect person to bring on because there are so many wild claims about foods that help to prevent the virus or foods that will help you fight the virus. And you covered some of those that are very present in the Latino community. So just from like your personal experience, like what are some of the wildest claims that you've come across related to COVID? Well, there are tons of not science-based claims out there. And it's important to acknowledge that people are anxious and afraid right now at the moment because we don't know a lot about this virus. And currently, there are no vaccines or medications that the medical community can offer us. So people are looking to herbal treatments or alternative treatments for comfort or for a promise to help them stay healthy. So when I wrote this article, I I did it because from browsing social media, I noticed all these ads for immune boosters, for antiviral cleanses. And it actually made me upset because I feel that We are all in a vulnerable state right now, and we've never lived through a pandemic like this. And it's it's traumatizing to a lot of us. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. And it's scary. And we all have this innate desire to be healthy and to take care of our families. And it really upset me and made me angry to see that there were people out there, whether it's influencers and even some irresponsible or dubious health professionals promoting Mm -hmm. supplements, promoting fad diets, promoting herbal treatments as miracle cures or miracle preventions for COVID-19. So I thought it was very important to get some peer review science-based article out there to address all these myths. So I found so so many so many myths. You got to read a lot of them. Some of them are pretty benign, like the idea that eating garlic can help prevent COVID nineteen, and and this is based on the idea that if you eat raw garlic or drink boiled garlic water, the coronavirus infection will not affect you. But the World Health Organization 
has stated that there has been no evidence that eating garlic protects against the virus that is happening during this current outbreak. And of course, fresh garlic is very healthy and you should add it to your food. It contains allicin, which is a natural substance that has some antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal properties. It's good for you, and it makes your food really delicious, but it's not a miracle cure. Another more benign claim that I found online was the use of essential oils, specifically oregano oil. The Actually, the FDA had to warn several companies about making claims that supplements or oils were remedies or prevention for COVID-19. And one of those was an essential oil company that was promoting oregano oil as antiviral protection, specifically for COVID-19. So far, there are no clinical trials that show that oregano oil is effective at curing or preventing COVID-19. Literally everything that you said are things that my mom has sent in group chats, like the essential oils. She's like, everyone get vitamin C, everyone the, like, and it's overwhelming because A, you're right. Like people are losing jobs, people are losing work, contracts, like that's been something that's kind of even affected us. Mm -hmm. So I think that we have to all be mindful that A, there's no, well, we'll talk about it, but I mean, probably no magic cure out there. And also just, we all have to do our part and be responsible and really look at the information we're gathering and make sure that it's from a credible source and like the company that's promoting it or the person that's promoting it has nothing to gain from it. So I think that that was all really helpful um, to hear. Now I'm curious, like there's so much about immunity right now and people, even my clients have been saying like immunity, how do we boost immunity? Mm -hmm. You just did a recent look at the research. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to boost immunity? And what are the, if so, like, what are the different factors that may affect it? Because I think that people think of it as like all supplements, Mm -hmm. but I know, and I'm I'm sure you'll share that it's so much more than that. Oh, before we move on from the myths, there's one that I do want to cover because I find that in the Latino community, it's one that people cling to a lot and that's gargling and gargling with bleach or gargling with, um, Mm isopropyl alcohol or saltwater gargles and you know saltwater gargles are pretty harmless and actually there are some small studies that show that they can help alleviate some of the symptoms from a sore throat but please don't be gargling with bleach or with uh, alcohol because you can actually cause severe burns to your mouth to your esophagus and if you swallow them it's it's toxic so yeah and- I saw that my mom does like the mouthwashes she doesn't do it with yeah. bleach thank god or alcohol but yeah. she's always like Wendy did you do your mouthwash with vinegar today and I'm just like mom I'm not yeah. like I don't think I'm going to be doing the mouthwash yeah. <laughs> every day she's like did you do the mouthwash yes and actually politicians have been saying to gargle, you know, different things in the last couple of days. Uh, leaders. Yeah, Trump. Trump, yeah. yeah. Trump said, <laughs> I I was in shock. So we, I was watching this with Yosa, or I don't even know my husband. And I was like, wait a minute, did he legit just say we should be ingesting 
hydrogen peroxide and really believed that that could be mm-hmm. a cure. I'm like, this is really bad because he was also the other um, drug. I forget what it's called. Hyd- hydro or something. You guys probably know oh. it. He was recommending that yes. and somebody took something else and died. And also people are saying that he has um, financial ties to some of these yes. companies. It's just it insane. Does. So we really have to look at who we're getting info from. But yeah, it's the anti-malaria drugs. Drug yes. Talking yeah. About. Yeah. It, it's so don't gargle anything. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do the salt water, it's not going to harm you, but don't be gargling right. things that are toxic and that are for cleaning and disinfecting. You can really cause a lot of damage to your esophagus. And Oh my you know, God. Actually, yeah. clinic- I'm sure even death yes. for some of that, like drinking bleach. Mm-hmm. I mean, clinical RD see it all the time with children that accidentally Right. drink uh, Clorox or another cleaning product. So I just wanted to over that one because it's very relevant right now. And we're hearing it from our um, publicly, publicly elected officials. So I think we need to squash that one. And in Latin America, there's this really influential Facebook doctor and he's promoting that, um, mm. you know, you gargle and you won't get the COVID-19. And there's another doctor oh. promoting infusions with eucalyptus Mm, and he's saying that the eucalyptus is going to go up into your nose and kill the COVID-19 virus and I'm like oh my god and and they wear like you know their medical suits or you know bath robes whatever they're called in their stethoscope people believe them if you look at how like thousands of people have shared these videos Well, I think it's like what you said, that people want some kind of comfort Mm -hmm. in, you know, just knowing something will help. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why that information sticks so much is because there's so much uncertainty and like helplessness. And so people just want to, you know, they want something. They want to be able to do anything Mm -hmm. that might be helpful. I think it's important to understand that for the majority of people, our immune system is very effective at protecting us against pathogens. And when I say pathogens, I mean microorganisms that can make us sick. Every now and then we encounter a virus that will make us sick or a bacteria that will make us sick. And it temporarily overwhelms our immune system. And that's when you experience an infection or when you, you feel sick. But the truth is that with the novel coronavirus, there is no current vaccine or medication or treatment that can really cure or help us boost our immune system. I think the idea of boosting our immune system is something that seems comforting, but it's also something that is not necessarily realistic. I'm going to explain the reason why that is. So boosting our immune system implies that we are increasing the activity of our immune system. It means that we are creating more white blood cells and making our immune system more active. In reality, what we want from our immune system is for it to be balanced and to be strong and healthy not to be overstimulated. When you think about it, people that suffer from overactive immune systems, meaning that they have excess amounts of white blood cells in their system, suffer from chronic diseases like asthma, eczema, 
and even some more uh, serious diseases like lupus. So it's very important to distinguish that and to realize that we don't want our immune system to be boosted necessarily. We just want to make sure that it's healthy. And I think that's where we need to distinguish between boosting our immune system and actually just keeping our immune system balanced and healthy. Okay, guys, I'm going to do you a real solid here. I always appreciate when I get a heads up because I'm really bad with picking gifts for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Mother's Day is coming up. It is Sunday, May 10th. I want to share the perfect gift if you haven't thought of anything already. So I know for me, it's always tough to find that right gift that's thoughtful and meaningful and also plan it in time for Mother's Day, especially with the shelter in place. Things have just been really hard because I don't have the luxury of spending, you know, one-on-one time with my mom in person because we are all distancing. I know more than anything, parents cherish spending time with family. And that's why I'm giving my mom the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to connect with loved ones through StoryWorth. When I first discovered StoryWorth and went to their website, learn more about the company, they have this really great video that I watched. I was almost in tears watching the video because it's just such a heartfelt company. Basically, they are a fun and meaningful way to engage with family, especially relatives you might not see that often. This online service helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a gift of spending time together wherever you live. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you would never think to ask, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises or what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? So my mom has been doing this. We've been getting a lot of great stories and reading them honestly has been not only fun, but it makes our family feel close even when we're all separated and not together. The best part is after one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that shipped for free. My family will treasure this book forever. I was on the website. I saw some of the books. You guys are absolutely gorgeous. They're something that you will put on your bookshelf or on your coffee table because they're beautiful. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash foodheaven. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash foodheaven for $10 off. Now back to the episode. Right. Yeah, I I would reframe it into supporting our immune system because it takes time, just like it takes time to develop whatever good health looks like for you. It's not just like you do something one day and then you're like in optimal health. I think it takes time, you know, to develop our immune system. And there's so many factors that can impact it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so frustrating about, you know, all of these supplement claims, especially because they're, they're marketing products to try to profit off of this whole like immunity boosting thing. And it's like, that's not possible. (laughs) You know, like if you have a compromised (laughs) immune system, you you taking these supplements, it's really not going to do much. And also, I mean, I think it's important to kind of dive into the science. I think the rationale here is, well, you know, like if I am like doing all these things to help, quote unquote, boost my immune system, it might not necessarily protect me from the virus or prevent the virus or like make the virus go away, but it'll have my body in a healthier state. Mm -hmm. And that 
is good. (laughs) But I mean, I think the rationale makes a lot of sense when you kind of think about it that way. But that's just not it's not how the body works. You know, it's like there's just so many factors and there's so much history in our genetics and in our day to day life and environmental factors like the air quality. Like there's just so many things. It's so complex. And when it's simplified in this way, it's just so frustrating because like we said earlier, like people are they really want to be able to do something about this because it's so scary and there's so much um, helplessness, especially in communities of of color. And so I think that's where um, a lot of this comes from as well, where people are just like trying to do anything that they think might be helpful. And I want to go over supplements because among my friend circles, among my family members, there's a lot of supplements that are circulating Mm -hmm. that claim to either help with coronavirus or just help boost immunity or help to make sure that your body is like healthy and all these things, specifically the ones that I've come across. And maybe Alice, you can share some of the ones that you've come across. Vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc is a really popular one. Elderberry has had a huge popularity boost in the past couple of months. (laughs) And so I dove into some of the research and I want to review that with you all. And then Alice, like you can share anything else that you've come across or if you've come across some of these things as well. So with any supplement, I think it's really important to look not just at one study that's been done, Mm -hmm. but look at all of the studies that have been done or a number of studies that have been done so that you have a good sample size. And also, look at what was being studied because I think when we make these recommendations about oh yeah take vitamin C or take some some uh, elderberry Mm -hmm. we don't look at how much was studied yes if that was effective because a lot of times like these doses that are studied are not very realistic for Mm -hmm. us to incorporate in our day-to-day routine so for example with vitamin D from the review that I did studies showed that vitamin D can help support the immune system only in people that have a deficiency so that's like something really important to know because if you are not deficient in vitamin D then supplementing with vitamin D is probably not going to have any effect and also specifically the dose that was looked at was 1000 to 2000 I use mm-hmm. a day so I I live on the East Coast. I have a history of vitamin D deficiency, so I do supplement, but that might not be necessary for someone who is getting regular sunlight. And so, I mean, with all of these, what I would really recommend is if you suspect that you have a deficiency or if you know that there are some gaps in the foods that you're eating and maybe you're not getting the nutrients Mm -hmm. that you need, that you go to the doctor and they, you know, run some tests because you don't want to assume that you have a deficiency or think that you should should be supplementing because it's the right thing to do because it it might do harm. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very expensive. Yeah, I mean, ultimately for a lot of these supplements, whatever your body doesn't use, it's just going to get rid of. For some of them, though, it's dangerous. Like it can accumulate in the body. So you just want to like do your research on is this something that I even need and how effective is it based on the research? Like what are the parameters? With zinc, I saw that some studies observed that zinc can help to decrease the number of days that someone was sick of a cold or of a respiratory infection. 
Specifically, the dose that was observed was over 75 milligrams a day during the time that you have the cold and you have to start the zinc within 24 hours right. of getting the cold. <laughs> yes. Like this is, guys, this is why we need we need to go into the details because you'll you'll see like, oh, yeah, zinc is great for, you know, for like decreasing the amount of time that you have a cold. But it's like, let's look at the exact parameters because Ooh. did you start that zinc within 24 hours of getting sick? And mind you, this is looking at cold and respiratory infections. It's not looking, no studies have come up yet for the coronavirus because it's all so new and developing. Mm -hmm. I know in China, I think now they're developing like some clinical trials, but this is all super new. So I'm just talking like very general terms here. And then vitamin C. So vitamin C is super interesting because anytime that I'm like having a cold or anything, all my friends are like, girl, did you take that vitamin (laughs) C packet? And I'm just like... What is it? It's so ingrained. It's, yeah. <laughs> Literally last night, uh, my friend was like, did you take that vitamin C packet though? Like, you got to make sure you stock up. And I'm like, okay, let me dig into the research for vitamin C as well. So there's a lot of research with vitamin C. And I looked at a review of 29 studies with over 11,000 people. And they found that for people who are super active, like athletes, people in the army, skiers, taking 200 milligrams every single day of vitamin C, it helps to reduce the risk of a cold by 50%. Now, for the general public, it was only an 8% reduction in risk. Mm-hmm. And so, and mind you, this is taking vitamin C every single day. So it, it, that's a pretty small percentage. Think about the amount of money that people are spending on these mm-hmm. vitamin C emergency packets or just like vitamin C pills or whatever supplement form they mm-hmm. come in. I know that right now there are like some clinical trials that are being tested where they're doing mega doses of vitamin C, but we still don't really have information on that. Vitamin C, again, I mean, just keep that in mind. Again, the dose was 200 milligrams. And then for the elderberry, I've never taken elderberry. I don't even know what elderberry looks like, but now (laughs) everyone is like taking elderberry. From my understanding, it's very expensive. Like the research that's out there is very limited. Some is industry funded, which is a whole nother issue with ethics. With the research that is out there, it says that elderberry can help to reduce the duration and severity of cold and flu. Keep in mind, the dose is 15 milliliters four to five times a day for five (laughs) days. Yeah, I told my friend this and he's like, oh my God, I can't even imagine like how much money I'd be spending in elderberry because he just pops a few drops like a day. And I'm like, no, honey, you have to do a whole lot of drops to get that effect that was reviewed in in the research. So I'm wondering, Alice, like, did you come across any of this research or have you come across any other research that's really interesting? Actually, you and I did the same research and we (laughs) had the same conclusions. So like you said, with vitamin C, the studies are inconclusive, to be honest. And most of the benefits are shown in people that are active athletes or who have really low vitamin C levels due to other medical conditions. Most studies show that vitamin C supplements are helpful for those who are exposed to extreme physical exercise or those with poor vitamin C status. The benefit that it showed was that with vitamin C, the supplements might help reduce the duration of a common cold and lessen the severity of the cold symptoms in the general population, but only if you take it before your cold started. So if you are sick and you start taking 
you know, emergency or whatever it is, it's really not going to make a difference to you. In fact, you know, if you take excess uh, vitamin C, you might suffer from, from some digestive health issues. You might experience some acid reflux, nausea, some stomach yep. pain, because some people are sensitive to it. And your body will just pee it out. Once your body takes what it needs, it will just pee it out. So, and, you know, as it pertains to COVID-19, there are some clinical trials that are, are underway to see whether providing vitamin C supplementation might help patients, but they're all preliminary. They're all underway and we don't have any results from it. Yeah. I was going to say too, with the vitamin C. So last time I was sick and honest to God, I think that I may have had coronavirus because they're starting to think that it was in California as early as November of last year. Mm -hmm. And I had like this horrible cough. It was so bad. Anyway, my mom, she always has all the supplements and stuff. She was like, let me come down. I'm going to take care of you. She brings me these like Chinese like supplements. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what it is, but some like, like really thick, like molasses type stuff. She's like making me take it. She made me take all this vitamin C and my stomach was hurting from the vitamin C so bad. Yes. <laughs> um, and I had like diarrhea and everything. So it is true. You guys, if you're taking high doses of stuff. And even me as a dietitian, I know better, but I'm still influenced. Like, cause you know, it's like mom knows best, but it's like, I have to kind of check in and be like, actually, no, there's no evidence to support it. Yes. So yeah. Thanks for saying that sometimes there are side effects and yeah, your body usually pees all that excess out anyway. Now I want to talk a little bit about the alkaline diet and some of the research we did. Cause I feel like as we're talking about supplements, mm -hmm. this is something that comes up a lot. I usually get this question from clients at least once a week. Like, will that help with an immune response? Like what is the alkaline diet? So I wanted to just go over some of the research that we found on that for you guys. So for those of you who don't know, the alkaline diet is based on this idea that replacing acidic forming foods with alkaline foods can improve your health. And the idea is that a food can be acid or alkaline basically. But the problem with this whole alkaline theory is that our body <laughs> does an amazing job of regulating everything, right? So nothing you eat is going to substantially change the alkaline or acidity of your blood, which is essentially your pH. Mm -hmm. So your body works really hard to keep those levels consistent. And if they are too off, like you're basically, you wouldn't be able to live. And there's different, you know, organs in our body that might need to be more acidic, more alkaline. So for example, like the stomach is very acidic mm -hmm. and it needs to be to kind of break down our food. So I wanted to just throw that out there as well, that the way, <laughs> well, A, that alkaline and acidic doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's not going to change anything. But if there was any benefit to eating more alkaline stuff in general, it technically may be healthier because those foods are going to be fruits and vegetables. So, I mean, just generally, again, back to all the basics that we are, we always talk about, like doing the my plate, making half your plate, you know, non-starchy veggies, you're naturally going to be doing an alkaline diet anyway. And even having said that it's, who knows if it's, there's nothing to suggest that eating alkaline foods is going to be beneficial in that sense. It's probably just beneficial because those foods happen to be healthy foods anyway. It, do you have anything to add to that, Alice, or what are your thoughts? Well, you know, and I hear this a lot about the, the alkaline diet. And to be honest, I want people to understand that if your body were acidic or too alkaline, 
it is a life-threatening condition right and it signals a serious health problem and trust me you would require immediate medical care people who who actually have acidosis, meaning that part of their bodies or their whole system have high high load of carbon or have a lot of acid in them, are usually patients that are suffering from lung, kidney, or liver failure. Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because my mom is always like sending me the the <laughs> graphics on. <laughs> She's like, did you eat these? alkaline foods and I'm like ma what I mean and they're just like fruits that I'm usually eating anyway but she's like you gotta make sure you eat you know you eat these foods and and my friend actually sent me a picture of like recommendations that they posted Mm -hmm. in a local hospital and that was on the list in addition to like mega doses of vitamin c it was like eat these like alkaline foods or whatever and i was just like oh my god because there's so much confusion and misinformation even among the medical community you know we're like just sharing this information with the public and and i yeah i think it just it just leads to like more panic and more distress so just please make sure that you question the information that you get my friends think i'm so annoying because every time that they send me stuff i'm like okay what are the sources like what's going on they're like you're you're just such a skeptic and i'm like no like (laughs) i have a science background you really have to like look through see where this information is coming from you know, and just like question it so that you know if it's something that you should be applying, because as we mentioned earlier, like the cost can be really high. I mean, eating, you know, whatever my mom said, eat papayas and pineapples, that's not, you know, going to cause any harm. But if mm-hmm. you're, you know, buying these mega doses of supplements, it, it can get really costly and it can be very dangerous. I know there's been a lot of home remedies circulating, mm-hmm. which You know, that's like a very tricky topic because in my culture, like there's a remedy for everything. And and it's it's just very tricky because a lot of this stuff just hasn't been studied at all, like some of the ingredients. And that's a whole nother topic in and of itself, because industry decides what they want to put their money into. And so a lot of like more herbal, traditional interventions are just not researched. And so we don't have a lot of information on them. And so that's something that has come up a lot when talking about this topic with people. And so I just wanted to bring that up because I would speak more so to like the products, like all these products that are like very costly and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But if you it's not to say that like the tea that your mother has been making that was passed on from her great grandmother. Mm -hmm. I take that stuff, too. And and I don't even question like when my mom gives me like, you know, a tea made with like Mm a 100 herbs. I'm like, yes, girl, give it to me. (laughs) And like, who knows? It might work. The placebo effect is real. Mm -hmm. there might there there can definitely be some medicinal properties in there it just we just don't have enough information in it and I want to just say that that's totally valid too it's not that we're saying you know completely dismiss home remedies just you know we just want to keep your safety in mind so that you know you're not buying these like packaged products that are promising you Mm -hmm. you know like just all of these cures that are not, yeah, health, (laughs) happiness, and like a cure from the coronavirus. Like it's probably not going to do that. But yeah, like eating fruits, eating vegetables. And I think that's something, Alice, that we can end on. Like what are some things that will help to strengthen our health and will help to support our immune system? Like we're talking about, you know, just like eating a balanced diet. Like what are some other things that can be helpful during this time? 
And, just, and in general, just to kind of make a comment on what you were saying about cultural traditions, I think it's important for the regulation of immune supplements to take three basic things into account. Safety, the efficacy of a product, meaning is the product and the claims they're making true and they're are they not misleading people? And are these claims that they're making based on clinical studies that have been rigorously designed using science-based methods? And also you have to take into account values. And when I mean values, I mean personal choice and values of cultural and religious beliefs, because these are also valid and we should accommodate for these traditions without putting our safety in danger. And what I mean by that is our physical, economic, and emotional safety. So for instance, you know, if my mom, whenever I have cramps because of my period, she'll make this tea with clove and cinnamon and, and it makes me feel better. And there's no harm in that. It's only spices. I know it's not going to cost me an adverse reaction. And, and I treasure that tea and I value it when she brings it to me. And it's, it's a loving tradition between my mom and me. And that was passed on by her grandma and her grandma passed it on to her mom. So it's a family tradition. All the women in my family do it for, for cramps. So that's valuable and it's not harmful to you. So, so go for it. But what we're talking about, like you said, was, you know, buying colloidal silver that is very expensive, unaffordable, and might actually carry health risks. So, but, you know, drinking your, your te de apasote or your clove tea or, you know, chamomile tea, we call it te de manzanilla. That's all well and good. And we're not saying you can't do that or um, using Vicks for everything. <laughs> My family uses Vicks for everything. You put some Vicks on it. That's fine. You know, but I still do that. Uh, but, you, but you have to use your critical thought. We're not going to like drink the Vicks, you know, that makes no sense. So you can keep your cultural traditions and embrace those, but also be safe at the same time about your wallet, about your physical health and your emotional health. So I think that's very important. When it comes to lifestyle, there are a few things that you can do. One thing that does suppress your immune system is smoking. So if you're a smoker, that is something that you might want to start thinking about. Exercising regularly is also good for your overall health. It is especially good because it allows for your circulatory system to, to move around when you exercise, and that can help uh, your immune system, and it's good for your heart health. When I talk about physical activity or exercise, I don't mean that you have to go to an expensive gym or try the you know hottest yoga class or anything like that. It's all about moving in a way that feels good to your body, that you're comfortable with, and it can be something that is economical and accessible to you you know, go for a walk. There are a lot of free resources online where you can get a workout on on YouTube and, and do things that you like. I mean, it can even just be dancing to your favorite, you know, playlist at home. I like to encourage everyone to focus on eating foods that are health supportive and also supportive of your happiness. So for me, I always say don't focus on weight related goals 
there is so much more to health than your weight. It's more important to focus on adding foods to your diet that will provide you with the vitamins and minerals you need to support your immune health. And most of the foods that you need to be eating are fruits and vegetables. And I know that a lot of people might be going through a difficult time right now with uh, loss of income and with food insecurity. Just focus on eating fruits and vegetables that are affordable to you and accessible to you. Another thing that you can do is be mindful of your alcohol consumption. Excess alcohol consumption can impair the absorption of some nutrients, especially vitamin C. So that's something that you want to be mindful of. Getting adequate sleep meaning seven to nine hours for most adults, although some of us need more than that. So that's very important. Follow the recommendations from your local public health offices and from the CDC. And I think the most important thing you can do right now also is to reduce your stress. It's important to be informed about what's going on, but limit your intake of of the news. Yeah, I think this is really, I mean, as tragic as everything is, I think it's a great opportunity for us to slow down and really figure out what health, wellness, peace of mind looks like. Because, yeah, I mean, we're just going at a much slower pace for many of us Mm -hmm. who are quarantined. And so I think like the things that you mentioned, sleep, eating balanced meals, managing stress, like those are all things that we can take the time now to cultivate and figure out what that looks like for us, because it's not about doing these things to fight off the coronavirus. It's doing these things to take care of ourselves long term. I mean, this has just been such a great conversation. I think it's going to be really useful for our listeners. Alice, for people that want to connect with you online, where can they find you? Sure. You can connect with me and, you know, you can send me follow-up question comments at aliceandfoodieland.com. And my Twitter is alicefoodieland and my Instagram is aliceandfoodieland. And I'm always happy to answer your questions and connect with you and keep you updated on any research that we um, that I run into. Thank you so much for the opportunity to bust some nutrition myths and inform the public because now more than ever, we need to be taking care of each other. And that includes not allowing um, people that want to take advantage of our anxieties to, to prey on vulnerable people who are just looking for a way to be healthy and to protect their families and themselves from this infection. Agreed 100%. And thank you again so much, Alice. I know people are going to go and check out more of your work. This was such a pleasure. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, Bye, Alice. Bye, Wendy. Bye, Jess. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Twitter at Food Heaven Show and Facebook at Food Heaven Made Easy. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.